Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. The Republican movement against environmental, social, and governance investing may be going international. Anti-ESG sentiment first emerged in the U.S. a few years ago, and it criticizes corporations for making social and climate goals part of their business plans. Now, anti-ESG advocates think there might be an appetite in the United Kingdom and across Europe to push back on this kind of investing. So today, we chat with Politico's Jordan Woolman about why the anti-ESG movement is taking a leap across the pond. It's Wednesday, November 8th. So, a very interesting conference in London the last week where we had Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, who's sort of known for leading this anti-ESG movement. We also had this guy, Derek Kreifels, who leads the State Financial Officers Foundation, a group of Republican state financial officers, treasurers. Vivek spoke virtually, but Derek Kreifels went to London along with some other sort of well-known U.S. conservatives like Mike Johnson, Kevin McCarthy, and spoke a lot about what they determined to be their wins in the U.S. in terms of getting Wall Street firms and other companies to pause or rethink or back off their sustainability commitments and pledges. It's kind of the first time I'm aware of what seems like somewhat of a concerted, coordinated effort to bring this message overseas since it's sort of been organically happening in the U.S. Okay. And you're reporting that the ESG movement's breakthrough in the U.K. comes at a pivotal moment for the nation's climate and energy policy. What do you mean by that? So in the past couple months, we've started to see a couple of U.K., prominent U.K. officials start to question ESG investing, the consideration of these environmental risks in investment decisions, So we have the UK Defence Secretary warning September that ESG could be undermining investment in the UK defence sector. We have Prime Minister Rishi Sunak rolling back a couple of key climate targets. All sort of just keeping in mind UK elections are next year. Energy prices are always a concern, especially in Europe with the war in Ukraine. So we have a couple of examples here where pretty prominent officials are warning about energy abundance and availability and and affordability and the role maybe that big financial firms are playing in that as they consider climate risk in their financing decisions. So has there already been a backlash to ESG investing in the UK because of some of the politics you just laid out? Have we seen much of an impact of that yet? We haven't yet. I think my colleague Charlie Cooper in London spoke with Emma Wall at a UK financial services firm who said that The underlying current is starting to bubble up, but certainly the language is far less inflammatory and political as it is in the U.S. So there hasn't really been a clear backlash per se. That being said, with these elections looming, and we've seen some of these sprinkles I talked about earlier about ESG coming under fire, it's certainly possible. But I think it's clear that the reason why Vivek and Derek Kreifels spoke at this UK conference is because they sort of want to push that. And so it's clear that it's not happening yet, but the foundation could be there. 
So to take kind of a longer lens view, based on what you're seeing, what does all this mean for the anti-ESG movement gaining traction across Europe? Or is it still too early to tell? I think that there's good reason for skepticism that this ESG movement will pick up across Europe like it has in the U.S., which really swept over these red states. And who would have thought that like Oklahoma and West Virginia would be taking on J.P. Morgan and BlackRock the way that they have? You know, Brussels is really like full steam ahead here when it comes to a bunch of environmental issues, whether it be climate disclosure, deforestation rules, packaging, recyclability rules. They are like sort of on a tear right now. And they're they seem to have no problem looping in American businesses who operate in the EU under those regulatory regimes. So we have seen a like a smidge of pause in how fast they want to implement those rules, like the climate disclosure rules, there's talk about some delays there. But overall, when I speak with folks in Europe about ESG, they're like, what is this backlash you're talking about in the US? Like it is just sort of very foreign to them. So I think it's fair to say that there's a big divide between Brussels and Washington on this. Also, U.S. annual solar generation is expected to overtake hydropower for the first time next year. The U.S. Energy Information Administration reported on Tuesday that the U.S. will generate 14% more electricity from solar compared to hydroelectricity in 2024. The EIA says the trend is largely driven by sustained growth in new utility-scale and small-scale solar across the U.S., while hydropower capacity remains relatively steady. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.